words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Father, we bring ourselves to you today because your work is being outworked in us. Inside of us, your transformation is being done. Inside of us, your healing is being done. Inside of us, you are working that we may be well, so that we can offer wellness to our world. You are working, O oh God, to cut down the foundation of strong words the devil has spoken over us. You are working, O oh God, to cut down the root of offense and bitterness. You are working, O oh God, to cut down cluelessness and directionlessness in our lives so that your glory will be birthed in the name of Jesus. So we give you praise and we give you worship. We ask, O oh God, today that your grace will be real even as we ponder your scriptures and your words over us. Our heart cry is before you. Our spirit demand is upon you. The push of our hearts and that which causes our hearts to pulsate is before you. We place ourselves before the running water of your spirit that you wash us indeed by the word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the heart cry. The heart cry. What is the heart cry? And this is what we put up on our social media. What does your spirit yearn for? What deep longings keep you awake at night? What burdens and yokes daily break your heart? Is your heart cry attuned to the Father? His will, His plans, His purposes, His burdens. Freedom for the hurting, rebuilding the broken, raising the young, ending war, poverty, and disease. Raising, raise your heart cry, partner with the Father, to cover the earth with his will, his kingdom on earth, as it is in heaven. Heart cry. Heart cry. Heart cry. Heart cry. What does your heart cry for hear my cry O Lord attend unto my prayer from the ends of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed lead me to the rock that is higher than I for you have been a shelter for me a strong tower from the enemy I didn't remember to put it there but it was from a psalm and our first heart cry is actually sorrow of the heart so sometimes many of us lie in heartfelt sorrow about things that haven't yet happened. And sometimes we feel like the situations that we're going through are a little overwhelming for us. And because of that, our heart begins to cry because we want more. We want more. We want more than where we're standing. We desire more than where we're sitting. We desire more than our lot in life. And sometimes the problems that are around us are so overwhelming. Uh, what our heart lets up is a cry. It's a cry. It's a cry. And for that heart cry, the psalmist had this strategy of taking himself to God. He said, 
when my heart is overwhelmed, you're speaking to God, lead me to the rock. And there's a song like that. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto you. And when my heart is overwhelmed, please lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That is higher than I. So sometimes we sit in a place when it's as if our heart has gust of water pouring over it. And the situation, the problem is much for us. And for many of us, it's actually our dream. Our dream, the loss of our dream. The loss of that thing which we've anticipated that we're going to be doing. You know, I can see myself back some years standing in the place of a business venture which I had left Joss and gone to Abuja to do this partnership with this man and left everything that was my comfort zone, left my house. Of course, my house was not much. It was just a bachelor's pad with a, with a foam and, uh, you know, a little kitchenette and you know how a bachelor's pad looks like, you know. It was just that. But it was my everything. And I walked away from it and went to another town hoping for partnership with this man. I just discovered that the man was not interested in doing partnership with me. He was just interested in using my intelligence to set up a business for himself. And I had gone into what I thought was a partnership as a director in the company. Do you understand? So, think about the disillusion that hits you when that happens. So standing with nothing, my heart was overwhelmed. And I stood at that moment and started crying to God. Sometimes your demand for God's presence is valid. What you're crying to God to do is real to you. What you want God to accomplish in your life is certain. And your cry comes up to his dwelling place. You have to realize like the psalmist says that God can be a shelter for you. A strong tower. A strong tower from the enemy. From those things that surround you. God can be provision. God can be a shield for you. God can be a defense. God can be a strong tower you can run into. Amen. You carry burdens. You carry yokes. You carry brokenness. You carry futility. You carry the energy of your life and it's not going the way you want it to go. So your heart cry rises up to God. Lord, when my heart is overwhelmed, when I don't know where to turn, when I don't know what to do, when, it's, when I feel all surrounded, I can look up to the rock that is higher than me. I can look up to the king who is bigger than I am. You can look up to God who is higher than you. You can reach out into the spirit realm. When the, when the ideas and the ideologies and the strategies don't quite add up, you can look up to the rock. You can look up to the rock. Say amen. You can look up into heaven. You can look up into the presence of the Holy One who loves you and gave his life for you. It's a really short message. Before you blink, I'm gone. I cry sometimes. 
you know for some of us it's the refusal of our bodies to adjust do you understand you hear the command of God you want God but you're not changing you're not changing you're not changing you come you're not changing you are crying to God and you know I remember a man I gave this story once a man was, was a deacon became a deacon later in my father's church and this man said he was preaching I never forgot the message he preached late now and he preached a message and said that when I gave my life to Christ I kept asking God to change me I kept begging God change me because every time brother I'm always falling <laughs> and his own fall was into sexual sin so he will now say he will now preach from prayers like God next time I disappoint you kill me the Bible says it's better to go into heaven with one leg off the change is not happening you want to journey you want to be a different person the change is not happening you want to be a strategic person you want to clean up your mind you want to think in a different way the change is not happening you want to talk a different way. You just hate how you talk and how you slobber on your words. You're just not a good presenter. You're just not a good deliverer of your ideas. Every time your idea uh, is going wrong, guess what? You fall on your ideas. You're someone who always constantly falls on your sword. You're always defeating yourself and you hate just what you are. You don't have enough of what you want. Do you understand? That's a time when God begins to say, I'm going to make you. This time your heart cry can be unto God. This time your heart cry can focus on the power of change which God brings about. This time your heart cry can go to God. And the Bible says there is a process by which God can accomplish that heart cry. Say Amen. And this is 2 Corinthians 3 verse 8. It says, but we all, let's read this together, one to go. But we all, with an unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we go with what kind of face? Unveiled face. With clear face. With uncertainty. We go with a clear face. We go without veils. What is a veil? A veil is a way of doing things. So when um, a Muslim woman is supposed to come out, what does she do? She veils her eyes. Because it's a tradition. So a veil is actually what? Traditions of men. Do you understand? A veil is also a restriction, a reductionist strategy. How some of us are so euphemistic when we come before God. We reduce everything the word of God says. Maybe it's not really like that. The power of God is supposed to be real. No, maybe it's not really like that. Do you understand? The glory of God is supposed to come into your life. Maybe it's not really like Maybe it's not today. Maybe the power of God is not here in this church now. Maybe God is not really present. A reductionist way. So when you go with a reduction, guess what? You have a veil. When you go with your tradition, you have a veil. When you go with all the things that you knew before, you have a veil. But when you go to God, be radical in your expectation. Say, speak to someone. Speak to someone. Say, be radical in your expectation. Be radical in your expectation. 
Do you know anything can happen to you just now? Anything can happen to you. As you look into the perfect law of liberty, as you begin to gaze into what God is saying, as you look into the heart of the Father, as you gaze into the mirror of the Spirit, as you look into the mirror. And what's a mirror? A mirror is something that you use to see who? See yourself. When you go into the presence of God, you're not going to see another person. You're going to see yourself. Yourself. Say myself. Myself. So the mirror is for you. Every time you go into the presence of God without tradition, guess the first thing he sets in front of you. You see yourself. Every time the presence of God appears in the Bible, the next thing the men fell on their feet and said, I'm an unworthy man. Why? They see themselves. The clear example we have in Isaiah chapter 6, uh, when Isaiah saw the Lord, he was high and lifted up, his glory filled the temple. Then Isaiah fell on his feet like a dead man and says, Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And then, just when you see yourself as you are, something begins to happen. God loves us. He, he asks us to come as we are, but he will never leave us as we are. I've heard about the grace message and the fact that we don't need to do anything to receive the grace of God. True. I've heard about the grace message and the fact that wherever, no matter how far gone we are, we're not so far that God cannot save us. True. I've heard about the grace message that we don't need to deserve what God will do in our lives. True. I've heard about the grace message that wherever we are, no matter how far gone, no matter how sinful we are, we will be accepted in God. True. I've heard also from God that He loves us so much. His grace will never leave us as we are. His grace will never leave us as we are. His grace, grace that leaves you as you are, is not grace at all. Grace that takes a baby full of mire and potapotter and leaves the baby as they are is not grace anymore. The grace of God is designed for transformation. That when you look into the perfect law of liberty and you not being a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word, transformation begins to happen in your spirit and in your heart. A change on your inside begins to happen. When you go through brokenness and you stand up before the cross, when he lifts up his hand and touches you, the yokes begin to break. Can somebody give me Second Corinthians 3, verse 17? It says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, is liberty, freedom, freedom. A chain-breaking, a chain-breaking capacity enters where the Spirit of God is. There is liberty. The Lord is that Spirit. And wherever God lives, people cannot be in chain. Wherever God reigns, where His authority is real, people cannot be bound. The Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. But how does transformation happen? Say, by gazing. Say it again, by gazing. Elisha came up to Elijah and said to him, I need a double portion of your anointing. I want to be a powerful singer. I want to be a powerful worship minister. I want when I sing for people to fall under the anointing. I want chains to be broken. Like I just said to Elijah, 
if you can keep your eyes on me if you can stay consistent if you can follow through to the end if you can wait the process if you can allow yourself for transformation to be complete then you will receive what you ask it's hard but it's possible it's difficult but it's possible it's not for everyone but it's possible see it's possible Say it's possible for me to be anointed. Oh no, some of you don't believe it. Say it's possible for me to be anointed. It's possible for me to have unction. It's possible for the grace of God to fill my life. It's possible for renewal to happen. It's possible for me to stretch out my hand and heal the sick and raise the broken. It's possible. 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 But when you look into the mirror, don't cover your face. Don't run away from God. Don't touch halfway. Do you know how many believers have been doing this touch and go with God? You touch, touch, touch. You look back at everything. You go back. When you go back, of course you know there's nothing here. Going back is perdition, death, powerlessness, brokenness. So you wake up and like, why am I here? You go back and you touch, touch, touch. And just when God is about to touch you, you go back again. We are not of them who draw back unto perdition. But them who through faith and patience inherited the promise of God. See how the Bible connects? This is actually what God is saying. The heart cry of transformation. The heart cry of change. Do you know that broken things can be fixed? Do you know that everything that is ailing can be transformed? Do you know that broken systems can be restored? Do you know what can happen to Nigeria in one year? In one year? Do you know what can happen to Nigeria in one year? Do you know what can happen here in one year? If the Lord moves upon Allah, do you know what can happen in one year? In one year, this nation can be turned into a land flowing with milk and honey. In one year, can a nation be birthed in a day? Yes, as soon as Zion travails, she will bring forth her male children. And I sympathize with the disillusionment of the people who have tried and tried and nothing is working. Because sometimes it's like that. Do you understand? It doesn't mean that the promise of God is not real. It doesn't mean that that's the end. As we spoke about our mandate, one of the things that is on every one of our hearts is impact. Impact. Is that not what you guys are talking about? You want to make impact. You don't want to live a wasted life. In fact, if you come to Ecclesia Hills, that's actually number one thing in your mind. Because really, we don't have... We don't have anything else to offer apart from the fact that God has set us up as a center where people who want impact will be trained. So most times you may not feel goosebumps. Once in a while you may feel it. But most times that's not the thing we offer. You may not feel lights and camera. You not feel that whole stage power. I've been in a church before where the stage was lit the pastor was speaking from his heart, preaching powerfully in the congregation. The guy was sitting two people from me. 
concerns what's in his girlfriend's boobs inside the service. The one on this side was talking non-stop. I had to stare them down like, guys, I want to hear the word of God. So God is actually cutting down the sizes of churches. Why? There's no Christianity pouring water into the crowd anymore. It's one-on-one. It's brother touching brother. It's sister touching brother. It's actually one-on-one. That whole stage performance thing is great, but it doesn't transform. See how transformation happens. You look in the mirror without tradition. Only you face to face. And as you behold God, if you can see God in your life, in that mirror, if you can see God, if you can see the perfect image of God, <laughs> whoa, if you can see the perfect image of God in your life, that thing, that perfection which you see, that vision without tradition will cause something on your inside to rumble and you can become that which you see. And then you stand up from there. The next heart cry will be impact, impact, impact. Right? You rise up and rebuild old ruins what does old ruins mean a place people used to live before does that not look like Nigeria you understand raise up former desolations repair ruined cities does anything of this thing sound spiritual at all they are spiritual but actually natural very very natural ruins how many of you know ruins? Like you go to Turkey, you see ruins of places where Christians used to live. If you go to Constantinople, you see those places where Christians, you all the where the Saint Clement of Oregon and, and all those fathers, early church fathers used to live. You go to Alexandria in Alexandria in Egypt, you go to Ephesus, you see some of these old ruins. You you go in the old cities of uh, of like Rome, yeah. Exactly from our distillation, Syria. Yeah, you are a rebuilder. You're a rebuilder. You're a rebuilder. That's really what's in your heart. You want to rebuild. You're a rebuilder. You're a rebuilder. You're a restorer. You're that person who fixes things that are not working well. That's who you are. That's really who you are. Amen. Let's bring this repairing home. Do you guys believe that Nigeria cannot be fixed? Do you guys think like this land cannot be restored? Do you guys think like our nation is hopeless? I need you guys to believe different. Because God will remember this land again. But it starts from people who have burden. This is Nehemiah. And this is a scripture Pastor Uche brought last Sunday. And since then we have not been able to leave that scripture Ephesians 1. Ephesians 3. Those two scriptures have been pivotal. Even in the fast and in the house. 
Let's read this together. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard this word that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. You know, have you ever traveled out of Nigeria and you met people who haven't been in Nigeria in a long time? And you guys begin to have this conversation. What's happening at home? So I have a friend in Scotland. So his name is Mike, Scottish man. And Mike and I used to, used to be like one of those radical Scottish guys. We used to do street evangelism together all over Scotland. So when I came to Nigeria, he was, he was saying to me, are you going to go onto the streets and continue preaching on the streets? We need to preach the streets. I said, yes, I'm going to do it. From time to time, all the news Mike hears about Nigeria is what? Uh -huh. Bombing. So he calls me and says to me, My brother, are you guys okay? Do, do you know that kind of conversation? After a while, I had to tell him, like, there are two Nigerias. Yeah, the one you see on TV and the real Nigeria. But I was in Port Harcourt two weeks ago for Ambassador's uh, uh, concert, healing in his presence. And my brother uh, Isaac came to take me from the airport. And I said to him, I didn't expect people to be in Port Harcourt from what we hear about the kidnappings and everything. I didn't expect people to be in Port Harcourt at all. I didn't know that people still live in Port Harcourt. He said, oh, you don't understand. People will live in Port Harcourt very much. Everything is nightclub. Everything is working. Everything is going on very well. I'm like, how do you guys do it? He said, honestly, you won't believe it. In two minutes, it will happen right in front of you right now. Somebody will get kidnapped right here, right now. And in two minutes, it will be over. And after five minutes, everybody will continue with business as usual. I was shocked. So there is a a gentle facade of peace but there's a war in the underbelly crazy so how do you describe this to people who are not in Nigeria that we still need prayer that we still need courage that we still need leadership that we still need the grace of God that we still need enterprise that we still need every effort to rebuild our nation how do you not give up when you see the broken walls look Nehemiah once he heard these things he began to cry he began to weep he began to set his face before God the first place is actually not action it's never ever action remember even when the master said oh the fields are white unto the harvest and the laborers are few I thought he would say okay become a laborer for me is that what the Bible says it says what pray the Lord of the harvest so for all of you who say we pray too much there are some disillusioned Christians who don't pray anymore guess what there's no strategy without prayer there's no strategy without prayer first. And when we pray, then the Lord of heaven will begin to inspire inside of us. Impact action. I've always said that 
atheist cannot save the world. We were talking about this uh, the other day. I had a friend who was in United Nations mission in Liberia. And they had like a big bounty that if as a UN soldier you died in combat. I think, I can't remember the amount, but something close to either $100,000 or $1 million insurance, life insurance you paid to your family if you die in combat. And their salaries are so like close to $10,000 a month. Every one of those people you see on United Nations missions. So, guess what? They just want to come there for five years and earn the salary they can earn at home. And after five years, save five five thousand every month for two years. How much is that? You've bought your house, you paid your commission, you retire into a small town in the north of France, and you're good for life. They're not interested in whether there is peace in Liberia or not. An unbeliever cannot repair the world. Whether it's NGOs or charities of the highest order, that is why we are the transformation agents you have your heart cry of what you've not become God has his heart cry of what he's crying about the earth if you look in heaven there are heavenly tears about every child that cannot have food on their table there are heavenly cries about every man that has to live on the streets. There are heavenly cries about all those people in the slums of Lagos. There are heavenly cries that humanity has been reduced to such sickness and abject poverty. There's heavenly cry about the oppression of women. There's heavenly cry about brokenness in the workplace and the wickedness with which the economic system of the world is established. There's heavenly cry against the wickedness of man. And when God looked at the time of Noah, he said man has continued to be evil. Evil and evil and evil. So the heart cry of God is different from your heart cry. Why you are having a heart cry of your achievement and the things you need to do in your life? God is having a heart cry of his hurting children in the world. And the person who will make impact in their life will be that person who is able to access the heart cry of the Father. There is a heart cry from heaven. There is a holy demand of God on this hour of a sons of daughters of righteousness who will rise up to do the Father's will, to bring His glory to pass, to start out with what? Prayer. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. Pray the Lord of the harvest to bring liberty. Pray the Lord of the harvest to bring oil, to bring power. I know this is not just about your money. I know this message is not about your prosperity. I know this message is not about your, your, your big breakthrough. I know this message is not about a million dollars. But it's for the thing that would delight the heart of the Father. It's for what gives the heart of the Father pleasure. And Jesus came and said, I've come to do your will, O God. Not my will nevertheless not my will oh god but your will be done your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven can nigeria be changed yes 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 can this land be altered yes can there be hospitals for everyone yes can we have education in nigeria yes can we have hearts that are kinder in nigeria yes can we end the headsman killings yes 
Can we end kidnapping in Nigeria? Yes. Can we end evil in the land? Yes. Can we reduce robbery? Yes. Can we bring about righteous government in the land? See? I can't hear you. What do you say? What do you say? Yes, we can upturn this land and bring the glory of God down. Yes, we can start with ourselves as burden bearers on behalf of Yahweh. Yes, we can carry the heart cry of God and reach out beyond our own brokenness and our own issues and our own troubles. And yes, we can carry what makes the heart of the Father to boil. Because right now, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, saying, seeing you're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and run with endurance the race marked out for us. It seems like the whole of heaven's host are waiting for us. They are saying for you, what's your name? Call out your name. Shout out your name. I can't hear you. Shout out your name. I can't hear you. Shout out your name. Moses! The whole of heaven's host are waiting on royal banisters looking at you. Angels are waiting and looking at you and say, this is your time. This is your moment. This is your run. This is your time on the race of life. You are the one to bring the kingdom of God to earth. Preach that to someone now. Preach that to someone. It's your time. It's your moment. It's your moment. It's your season. It's down to you now. It's down to you now. It's down to you now. What will you do? What will you do? It's your moment to bring the kingdom of God to earth. This is your time. This is that season. The Bible says we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. They are witnessing. They are looking down from heaven's royal banisters. How are you going to run? How are you going to be? What's it going to be like for you? What's crucial for you? What's important for you? What do you wake up at night and worry about? What is the thing that bugs you? What's the heart cry that fills your mind? What is that thing that you wake up and your heart aches on account of it? The heart cry of the Father. Can you carry the Father's heart cry? It is time that the Father is calling you. Truly, we have issues. But when you are healed, start running. Truly, we have brokenness. And God doesn't have any problem with you healing yourself. But once you start getting well, start running. Start running. Start running. Truly, we have problems. Money problems. But once you get a little money, start running. Once you get a little okay, start running. Truly, it's actually okay for you to take maternity leave and have a baby. But once your baby gets weaned, start running. Truly, it's okay for you to stop and ponder and take care of yourself. But after you're taking care of yourself, start running. Start running. Start running. Stop. 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 Spending your whole life on yourself. Start running. Start running. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.